Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, designing for narcissism, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I am Luz Corona, Adweek Community Editor, and I am here with my lovely, lovely co-host, Rebecca Stewart, our Europe Brand Editor. My friend, how are you? I'm really good, Liz. It's slightly grey in London today, but we're just waiting on spring and we're um, approaching this week with a joy, joyful optimism, I guess. <laughs> I love that. Yes, we're letting whatever chaos wash over us. That's what you've taught yes, me in our time together. <laughs> um, well, I am so glad that we are here today. Um, we're excited for today's episode. We're always excited, but today especially because it's been a while in the making. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to welcome J.P. Petty, Global Executive Creative Director at Wyden & Kennedy Social Creative Studio Bodega. J.P., what a title. Hey, How are up, you? What up? What up? Dang, it's popping. Yeah. What up? Thank you so much for having me. I, I, one, one, I'm a fan of the show. And Rebecca, thank you for joining all the way from, from, from London. This is, I don't know if it's like early. What time is it? I don't know what time it is anyway. <laughs> I'm in the future, so it's four. Um, well, by the time our listeners are listening to this, it'll be the afternoon, I guess. Yeah, okay, okay. You're, pretty, uh, you're presenting very well. Like, you're lively. It's lit. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we, we were excited to have you on, JP. Um, you know, in, in our talks with like the Widen team, you just like you've just really boomed over the past few years. And I have a feeling you've always been a kind of a shining star, um, you know. So as you were saying before, the best intern at Widen, even though you have a little bit of a bigger title. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we want to we want to pick your brain on a few things today. But, um, you know, before let's let's start off with a little bit of background to our listeners on your career yeah. and how you ended up at Wyden and Kennedy. Yeah, let's do it. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Luz. I love the show. Huge fan. Um, thank been, you. been listening for for a minute. But uh, I, I'm from Southwest Philadelphia. We should know that. And I'm a product of the Philadelphia public school system. I'm also the oldest of four too so uh it's, it's always been you say shining star i say like don't get in trouble <laughs> by my mother 
And, uh, and yeah, I, I came up through there, graduated from Lincoln University, first HBCU, uh, which is about an hour south of Philadelphia. And then um, I'm now, you know, after after I left there, I went to Drexel and then ended up at a job I hated, randomly quit, and then stumbled into advertising. Like, that's that's usually the story, right? Like, usually people yep. stumble into advertising. Uh, and, I, and I ended up at an agency called Translation, which is uh, which was an amazing time chapter for me. Spent about six years there. And I made my way over to Widen and Kennedy in New York, thanks to a good, good friend and recruiter, Kelly Peterson. She's amazing. She uh, called me one day and was like, are you ready to make a power move? And I was like... <laughs> Let's discuss. <laughs> the rest is kind of history, though. Widen is great. They do a really good job of getting their claws in you and not really letting you go. Even after you, you've left there, you're still kind of part of the family. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seems like it has a really nice culture there. And I feel like so many people stay at Widen's for a long time, JP. But I was reading an interview um, you done a couple of years ago and one of the things you said was that growing up, you didn't know that advertising was a thing um, and that you never kind of dreamed that you'd become an executive creative director of a huge global agency. So what did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, that's a great question. I, um, I wanted to be... Okay, so before I answer that question, I just want to say, during my interview process, right, I was at Widen, I, was, I heard this round of applause. And I, and I asked Kelly, what was that round of applause? And she's like, one of our producers just celebrated 20 years. And I was like, 20 years? Yeah. Is this what we're signing up for? So, <laughs> and she was like, well, maybe if you're, if you're anywhere as good as that, anywhere near as good as that producer, maybe. Um, but but that aside, yes, why people stay at Widen for a long time, sometimes too long. But, uh, but, <laughs> but what I wanted to do when I grew up, I wanted to be in the music industry. I wanted to honestly... Um, you know, ultimately, I think I would say I've always been super interested in helping people's kind of ideas come to life, like out of their head into the real world. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in my world, there were a lot of um, creative machines who were responsible for that, those processes. And so uh, people who kind of played the background, but were responsible for some of your favorite artists. We were talking about Taylor Swift before we started recording or, or Beyonce <laughs> or Jay-Z, like all of those people, they have like teams of people. And then there are, are people who are responsible for helping them get from like point A to, to Z, essentially. I, I thought I wanted to do that in the music space. In fact, when I, uh, when I got my offer from translation, when I went, um, got my offer from translation at every business. I was coming out of Def Jam, an interview for Def Jam. And I was trying to convince translation to give me a little bit of time before I committed because I thought thought, uh, maybe Def Jam would come calling, but that's neither here nor there. It's cool. I made the better better decision. Um, Well, it's just funny to hear how your life could have ended up. And actually, I know you said Def Jam, but you kind of have made it back to like your your original goals. Like I saw. Yeah, I saw that um, you had like a wide and partnered with Rock Nation. Right. For for courses there. Yeah. And were you were you a part of that? Like, I mean, I feel like it just naturally made its way to where you wanted to be. Yeah, that's right. And it was it was happening kind of before that. And one of the reasons I, I, I went over to Translations because the, the owner of that agency, Steve Stout, is a former music exec. And he he kind of never took that hat off. He's, he takes that with him everywhere he goes. And I ended up being a part of the group that was launching United Masters, which is like an artist services company, too. So when I came over to Widen, I did have a lot of music 
uh, industry relationships. However, that Rock Nation LIU partnership, that, that I had no parts in helping that come together. But when I was invited to the party, it was great because I, I knew a lot of people already over there at that organization. And I, I loved the story that was coming together. And um, when, when, our, when our head of comms called, Therese Collins, when she called and asked me to be a part of it, I could not be a part of that because I am also big on that too. When she explained to me what we were trying to do with them, it was uh, really important that I I was a part of that program. It was just exposing, you know, students who look like me and come from places where I come from to advertising. Like, how, how do we fix the whole, like, I stumbled into this thing, problem or issue? And if I could contribute to that, I want to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. And one of the things that um, you bring to the table, GP, is this kind of unique approach to storytelling and unique ethos around grabbing people's attention, which me and Liz were super interested in, and that's this idea of designing for narcissism. Mm. Now, to me, when I hear the word narcissism, it has these like negative connotations. Yeah. You hear about narcs on TikTok, all the therapist TikTok, all this kind of therapist language and speech, but you've embraced the word and the language in a different way. Can you talk to me about that ethos and how you're applying it like through a lens of marketing and, and social media? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Narcissism is definitely a loaded word. Like, you don't, you, you know, no one wants to be called narcissistic. But I think the fact of the matter is we all have a little dose of it in us. Um, and, and I think it starts to get a little problematic when, when you're prioritizing it above all else, you know, and um and it was interesting. I think like we, we are in this industry where like this uh, advertising industry is built on media. And so for a really long time, that media was like gatekept and it was held behind like a, the, the forces to be the, with the Wizard of Oz. And, um, and now the, the media landscape is totally democratized. And if that's the case and we're responsible for the messages that we put out, like most of the news, most of our news we hear from our friends and our family members, most of the messages that we actually consume are from like really close and tight knit social networks of sorts. And and if we're brands and we have to compete with that, that's a tough game to compete with because what you're what you're doing is you're competing against a personal logo. Like I you know my, I want to make my logo bigger, but you but this is a media where you, where your face is everything or your voice is everything, and so the whole thought or the provocation is how can we have our brands help people tell more flattering stories about themselves? Because if we can do that, then we're a part of them making their logo bigger, their figurative logo bigger. Right. And then we get to spread, we get to earn media in really interesting ways. We get to be a part of conversations that are, that are culturally charged that we want to be a part of. We, we get to actively contribute to culture, you know, the language that people use, the beliefs that they embrace, the, customs that they they produce or you know subscribe to and then the, the dialect that they uh, elect to use i think you know when brand most really good modern brands are doing that right now i don't i just don't know if they're calling it that but they are definitely helping people tell tell more flattering stories about it so that's that's essentially that's what the the uh philosophy of designing for narcissism is how do we help people tell more shining story themselves you know because because that's what they're doing anyway yeah for sure and you know Rebecca and I talk a lot of on this show how brands are kind of always trying to keep up you know whether it's like with trends that creators are setting or influencers or just even what's going on in conversations yeah. um so that that's really refreshing to hear that's your ethos um so 
you know, walk us through like how you apply this to like a, a brief that you get in at, mm-hmm. at Widen um, or right now you're at uh, Bodega, which you also right. started with Widen. But, yeah. um, you know, say you get a brand brief and like you and your team get it. How do you tackle it while keeping this like North Star that you guys set up for yourselves? Yeah, which is uh, and, and that's a great question. I definitely uh, don't want it to get misconstrued. Widen and Bodega, same same thing. Like it, it, Bodega operates within Widen and Kennedy. We definitely rely on our our agency like obviously like you know that the agency is a machine and they're working with some of the smartest people on the planet and when they say we've got a new brand partner this is our sandbox and then they call bodega and they say you know the brand believes in this or this is the conviction of the brand and we we start with the audience right so you know one of our one of our uh our executive creative directors or our CCOs out of uh, Amsterdam um, was just re- recently said, so is it that Wyden gets briefed by the client and Bodega gets briefed by the culture? And it was like, it, it kind of, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. It kind of stuck. It stuck. I mean, like, uh, but, but but essentially what, what, what's happening is, yes, we're letting the audience kind of lead us to, to tell us what we need to be interested in. Like really let us know what the truth is about, whatever the conviction that our brand team has shared with us or the brand itself. And, and if those things are like in conflict, then we get to have a, a different type of conversation on the brand side so that we can have not just stronger social work, by the way, but also strong work all around, stronger above the line work. I think McDonald's is a really good example of that. Um, Nike's always been a good example. We didn't have the same language that we're using today when we first started building that brand, but they were doing that. They, they were That's a business that is a brand that is built on on this idea of designing for narcissism. And then, um, you know, all of our all, all of our favorite case studies have a little dose of that. So Bodega, yeah, you can say that Bodega is just approaching the same problem, just from a different direction, you know? And something else that you said that I loved was that this approach kind of, for the consumer, allows them to almost put a brand at the center of a like, choose your own adventure um, yes. type game. So McDonald's is such a strong example of that. like. You know, I'm thinking of the famous orders stuff, um, which then you guys obviously on TikTok turned into famous orders, but for normal people and they could create their own menu combos, things like that. It was such a strong example of this ethos in action. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. That's exactly right. The, the, the magic in, in McDonald's, this whole thing, and I'm sure, sure you all have heard this. I know... I, I, Shannon's going to be pissed that she wasn't here to talk about famous orders. I know she's a huge fan, right? But, um, yep. but, but uh, the, the magic was like, yeah, everybody can see themselves in it a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. these ideas, the ideas that we like to put forward, we, we try to make sure that everybody can see that our people, the audience that we're designing the experience for, can see themselves in it and they can make it their own. And then after those things are true, their proximity to that idea provides like a degree of uh, currency socially or culturally. Like, is it cool to get close to this idea? Is it okay for you to raise your hand and say, my order is this, and we get to flip that, that back to you. Um, And, you know, now we've got like these living commercials out here because we're helping people tell more flattering stories about themselves. Like that, that used to be a vice. Uh, you, you know, we didn't, we weren't like beating our McDonald's orders with our chest. We weren't screaming it from the mountaintop. Um, but when you, when you, like, this is also a natural icebreaker. This is also something that people, it's just the truth. Like, even despite the degree of your relationship with McDonald's, you don't have to be like a super fan, 
but you've definitely got an order of some sort. Like even if it's just like fries and and a, and a milkshake, if the ice cream machine is working, like you, you're definitely, you're gonna, <laughs> you know, you're gonna. <laughs> it's probably not working. But like you're definitely gonna have an answer to that question when I ask you, and so like it, it starts to check those boxes that I talk about. Yes, everybody can have this conversation, or at least our people can. And then yes, people can remix it however they see fit and so when you see that come up on TikTok, a platform that's built for the art of the remix then it just made a lot of sense to us you know mm, yeah for sure a platform that's built for remix my god <laughs> that is like a loaded <laughs> statement there that's the perfect description of TikTok. Saying, so right, so yeah, right it's like it's, that, that yeah. platform is about like i'm gonna i'm gonna make it this way i'm gonna do it this way you know and then there's like yeah. this underlying tone of like one-upsmanship like i could do it you know, hopefully my version is a little bit better or saucier or whatever, but you got to feed that thing that people have that, that, yep. that yeah. people populate that, that platform have. If you can, if your brain can find a way to feed that, then man, you got a home run on your hands, you know? For sure. Um, well, this conversation is going really well, so I'm going to be the party pooper and cut for break before Al kills me here. I just because I have, I was oh, about we to. Go, we got to keep the lights on. Let's keep the lights. We got to keep the lights on. Um, I was going to start talking about chicken nuggets and Shannon's favorite meal, but I'm going to stop right here. Um, and let's pause for a break, and we'll be right back. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. Um, I did, was tempted to go get chicken nuggets and I did not. We are here with JP. Um, <laughs> and we're talking about impactful campaigns that he's put together. So yeah, JP, I mean, I just want to, I just want to make a, a little note because I just feel like you guys tapped into such a a grand cultural insight with those McDonald's meals. And if you want to see how far it can go, just ask like Shannon, you know, it's a tradition here at Adweek when, you know, a, a, mem a team member leaves that we, 
the art team so very kindly puts together like a mock cover of oh, you know yeah, their, yeah. their big moments her McDonald's order was on the advert ad we cover that's that was stemmed from that's conversations so cool. you guys had <laughs> I mean look that's dope that's for us honestly look and, and look and and I'll be the first to say like our, our objective is always to like get beyond the trades because it's, it's, it's essentially your all's job to pay attention to what we do like you you are you're locked in on like the activity of our industry but everybody is not you know like the world the world at large is not so we're, we're in there like you know hopefully ad week thinks this is a really good idea and we did it we, we executed it responsibly but hopefully like the culture at large is uh, also thinks that this is a good idea. But when you, when you start to see like, you know, people embrace the idea and like crazy, it's better than anything else. Like I would say, like, honestly, for me, and I don't know, if, I don't know if our PR team is going to like this, but I don't honestly, for me, like <laughs> with the, the cultural impact or uh, outcome like of, of our work is, is more important than any hardware we might collect, you know, any award might be like, uh, granted or we might earn um when you mm -hmm. can walk outside and you can you hear people using the, some language that you came you cooked up within the boardroom or you see it on a on a, a fake cover mm -hmm. ad week because it's a part of the tradition of the culture of the, of the team at the at the group that's like man that's and when you see somebody wearing a t-shirt that you and your team's design that's like it's a different feeling that's this at least that's what i do it for you know like that 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 is important to me. I think, yes, the business matters. And yeah, obviously the awards, they, they mean a lot. The accolades are everything. The reputation is great that you get to build over time. But when it's like touching the people, when it's like hitting people, like right where it hurts, right in their chest, right in the heart, I, I love that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And JP, I think it's fair to say that you've taken WNK to new places in terms of how creative work is like amplified on social and, you know, putting brands at the heart of culture. And to do that, you need a really strong, diverse team behind you. So I'm keen to hear like how you built your team since you took on your current role and like what your approach to hiring is. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and by the way, like I have a ton of help. Like I, I would say that especially that New York office when I came over they just had an amazing A1 team you know like the the team is it's now it's now our global leadership team man everyone from like I, I had a new business to our global chief executive officer now they, they really believed in this idea of progress and that's progress in every way you know they, they know that like you know our work could be more modern. So what are we doing? Like we're always pushing on on ourselves. We we hold we have really high standards for ourselves. So we pushing pushing on that always. And then it's always about the culture of the place too. You walk in and it and the place isn't as diverse as we want our work to be. Um, and that and, and that's in every way. It's like uh, from from like race and gender to to background upbringing and your worldview how you, how you see it. Like that we should be fostering like this culture of of debate and healthy interrogation about ideas and and perspectives that we put forth to clients and it was instant trust it felt like instant trust when i walked into wide and a kennedy mm -hmm. uh, definitely shaped a little bit differently than what what is a typical or more traditional more conventional wide and kennedy creative talent they're usually like these guys are like classically trained creatives and they've done like they're like the lebron james of creatives and i'm, I'm <laughs> like, 
And, and so, and so, my, my I think my role in it all was to to introduce a new perspective and do that at scale. So, bring people along who also are going to challenge the way we think, and you know, mm-hmm. um, bring something fresh to the table. And and for me, those people usually, again, like come from the same types of places I come from because they, they've been kind of forced to look look at the world a different way or, you know, they, they've come up in a really different way. And so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I set my sights on, you know, products from historically black colleges and universities or uh, products from uh, agencies that do different types of work, like, uh, you know, like the agency that I came from in translation or like, you know, or even non-agencies altogether. Internet radicals, people who have never who have never worked a day in advertising are walking mm-hmm. into Wadden Kennedy like, where am I? What is this place? And I do TikToks from like my grandmom's basement. What, what are we what is this studio you have here? <laughs> and so like it's 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 been really cool to see the effect of Bodega on the agency at large. And that's not just not just in the New York office or the Portland office, but also like it's it's blowing my mind now to to, to now be like find myself in rooms with like our bodega Amsterdam team, our bodega Shanghai Tokyo team that we're starting to build, and the one in London now that is, is large and, and just like throwing their weight around the UK. It's just pretty pretty dope to see that come to life. I mean, and then, and then we'll start to talk about like you know Mexico City and Sao Paulo next year. It's just like man, this is this idea that we had like somebody that was in somebody's head is now a global thing, and then you get to see how that comes to life in different markets and, and how those perspectives are shaping the work. They all believe in the philosophy. They all believe in this idea of of uh, people over platform or designer for narcissism. They all believe this. They're just running at it in completely different ways. And I love that for us. Like, I think that's really, that's the thing that sets us apart. One, the culture of Widen and Kennedy is really warm and welcoming. Um, we could always do better, but I think for the most part we're warm and welcoming. And then, and then there's, then there's a type of talent that we attract. Now Bodega gives us a an excuse or a reason to attract an even more ridiculous type of talent. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so refreshing to hear that. Um, especially, you know, something that Rebecca and I have talked about. We had an episode a while back on the ECD of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, right? And <clears throat> Today's creatives uh, face a, a bunch of different challenges. You know, you got like when your top priority should be meeting the brief, you also may be pulled into, you know, pitching new business or, you know, or helping on other accounts that may be spread a little thin. And then you also have to keep in mind, like you want to produce award winning work, you know, for your own portfolio, but also for the brand and for the agency. So, you know, I say all this to say, what are what are your thoughts on like the current um, state of you know agency life for ECDs and and do you have any advice for how they can kind of handle this this time of change? You know, earlier you said uh, I wasn't expecting to be an ECD because like and and that that is totally right. I I, uh, I you know I didn't know what they did. Like you know it's <laughs> like you know like I, I um I. I never wanted to be like someone who was just like in a room, like thumbs up or thumbs down on an idea. Mm-hmm. And and I think the modern creative is not being groomed like that either. They're not coming up that way. And in fact, they're 
Uh, I spoke to, to a young woman who's a candidate and monster on TikTok. And she, I asked her to describe her day. And she, she walks me through her day. And she's like, I, I get up. I, I, every night before I go to bed, I jot some ideas down. I get up. I produce those ideas, multiple versions or angles. And then I have like three or four TikTok pages. And I publish these TikToks on all of these pages. And basically what I'm doing is A-B testing, right? And then I see which one boils up to the top. I'm following the conversations on all of them. And then I just double down on that. I optimize on that. And then I do it all over again tomorrow. And I thought to myself, in the traditional agency world, you just described probably 30 people's jobs. This is 30 people. But that is, our, our, the new creative is is that. That is the standard. And, and I don't think you ever lose that. And so when we're talking about the ECD of today, yeah, the expectation is going to be to do a little bit more than the ECD of yesterday is just because that's, that's how they came up. I, I came up, you know, like customizing MySpace pages for me and my friends and shit and like, uh, uh, you know, working on like, uh, you know, being introduced, being new to like the Facebook when it was like outside of the Ivy League network. Right. Like this is I know I'm totally aging myself. Listening to this later is gonna not be great, but but I, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like I like I I was on like the the forefront of the social media like the the new social media and mm-hmm. and so like there's inside there's this innate thing where I, I want to get kind of get my hands dirty for the forthcoming generation that's just only gonna be like times a hundred that's gonna be on another level and so you good luck keeping them out of the out of the deck, what are you going to do? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to be all up in that thing. They're going to actually be at the shoot, and they're going to wonder why there are so many camera people at this shoot. They could do the whole thing on their phone, their iPhone 30 or whatever we're at by that time, you know. So, so I think you know it's just a sign of the times to see. I think we're just the the ECD class that is now is uh, you know probably only getting started. I can't wait to see what the future holds in in that regard because I think the work just gets better from there, you know. Yeah, the creator economy and how large it is now and how much it's booming is just something we're constantly writing about, isn't it, Liz? Mm. Yep. Mm. Like, I know I was just going to say, JP, you know, earlier you said, like, that widens us, you know, people first, not platform first, but we've mentioned TikTok quite a few times. And I just wonder, you know, from your perspective, like, how much impact TikTok is going to have in marketing over the next few years? Yeah, uh, I think for, for us, it's not, uh, yeah, we did mention TikTok a few times. I think we pay more attention to the behavior of the people on TikTok or how they're showing up there. And when, when I say people over platforms, it's, I just mean like prioritizing people, the community and their culture. Again, like the language and the behavior of the community on that platform, because we know th- those things are pretty consistent like yeah there might be a new trend there might be a new format and it might even be like a new feature right but but the behavior is where we like we like to focus because we don't want to ever start with what's the tiktok idea mm. we want to start with what's the, what is the most amazing version of this idea that we're like tiptoeing around right now like how can we get that to the, the best place and then let's find a dope home for it you know, and, and uh, and sometimes that's TikTok, and then when you have a monster idea like like Famous Orders, for example, that lives everywhere. I mean, like you saw it, you saw it from like I don't know, from retail, uh, the drive-through, all the way through like mm-hmm. StockX or something like this. It it could literally 
it is like platform agnostic. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite ideas. And and I think, you know, us getting into this, this helps us make more empathetic work overall, and not having to be chasing like platform uh, specifications and best practices and stuff like that. I think we don't. We we try not to subscribe to that stuff. You know, we just mm-hmm. try to do the dopest articulation or execution. I love that. That's always the goal, the dopest articulation. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my creative teams are probably like, yo, yeah, okay. It's our client. And now they're like, what hashtags can we use or something? And I'm like, oh, God. So, yeah, that's the benefit. That's the benefit of being the ECD, really, though. I don't have to have those conversations anymore. <laughs> Uh, that is a joke disclaimer that's a joke no (laughs) (laughs) Teresa's from PR over here Uh, just kind of (laughs) yeah (laughs) well JP I have one more question for you I mean your your career is so admirable like you're award winning and you just like you're driving cultural conversations you're super humble um you know and I just I just want to ask you. One more time in my life. I'm super humble. (laughs) Super humble. And your mom, who also. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's just, it was so interesting to hear at the beginning of our conversation how you said you hated a job and you left it and then you fell into marketing. So, you know, I'm just, um, your journey has been so interesting. What is something that you would tell yourself back then if you knew like something that you know could be like thinking about doing marketing and like you know is should I give this a try like what is something you wish you had known or you could tell yourself I would say just do it you know Ah. in in all seriousness I think I was you know there was a there was a period or a chapter in my life where I was being you know uh, probably t- responsible to a fault. Like I think um, you didn't, you know, you don't ever really want to embarrass yourself or your family. But you, even be- better on yourself, man. You can you can do this. Like it's not it's not an impossible thing. People have done it before. You're not going to do it like anybody else out there. And there will be mistakes either way. Like there will be traps along the way anyway. But you should at least be enjoying yourself and, and just know, like find solace in the fact that you have the talent and the drive and the will and the perspective to just to just go. And then also know that there are people out there that are going to support you, like like my coworkers at Wyden and Kennedy, you know, like my family, my friends, you know, like at, at this point now in my career, it feels like the industry is super supportive. Like I feel like whenever I I meet someone at like a, in an event or something, they, they are so nice and so warm and, like, you know, just it's, it's, it's really cool to know that this is where you end up. And so if I was talking to my younger self, I'd be like, everything's going to be okay. Just go. You'll be fine. Like, the, the, it's, it's cool out there. The weather's great. The food's great. People are smiling and laughing. Just go out there. You know? Take, take, take this cold. You know? Love it. Uh, that's great. I think that that was my my last question because I wanted I wanted to always ask JP. Rebecca, you got anything for JP before we let him go? Tackle well, creative briefs. I think that was a great last question, Liz. And I think yeah, I think that's great advice. And I loved the little Nike uh, yeah. you had to get in there. I know. Let's right? <laughs> you know, just I want to make sure my clients hear that. You know. I'm yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, this episode unofficially sponsored by Nike. There we go. <laughs> well, thank you, JP. Thank you so much. Um, I'm, you know, I'm so glad we could finally make this happen. We're cheering for you. You're doing amazing work, and we can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, thank JP. Thank you all so much. I love the platform. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.